0: We are looking at three different parts of this narrative, the confrontation, the preparation, um, and beat out my vision. Just kidding. Let's pray and then we'll jump into chapter 5. Father, we come before your throne to seek your face. And, uh, Father, uh, as you uh, reveal yourself here Uh, And show uh, your power, show your planning, and your provisions in every detail. Father, may we uh, this day, this age, this time, take comfort from this. To your glory and praise. Amen. We've looked at it in the last weeks, Moses being run out of Egypt, and God taking care of Moses, sparing his life and um, putting him into Pharaoh's house, then him refusing to take on, become a child of Pharaoh, uh, and an uh, altercation between an Egyptian. He kills that Egyptian uh, and um, flees to Midian, and he's been there now 40 years, and he's had a little issue with the bush, uh, not George, Another bush, a bush that was as if on fire, but not consumed. It was the presence of God, and God set Moses to a task. Uh, And you've seen the five excuses. This is what we looked at last week the five excuses that every person since Moses has used not to be used of God. God calls. Please hear me on this. He has never stopped calling. He has always reached to humanity. Uh, And humanity in their evilness, humanity in their foolishness, humanity in their arrogance, their insolence, their pride, refuses God consistently, consistently. Uh, and these excuses, I'll go back over them quickly because the, then we'll jump into this because you're going to see them keep creeping back up. There are times in your life and in, uh, in our lives as, as human beings that you're going to fall into this and um, you're without excuse you're without excuse. Um, I, I, t- I mentioned in my prayers going back to Russia, I think this is my fourth or fifth time, uh, the Russians have a saying that you come three times and you are our friend, but he says no one ever comes a fourth time. And so uh, I would like to tell you that I planned this. My actual plan next trip for Russia was in, in the spring of 08 to teach First Corinthians, uh, but they had a Little change in plans, and the next thing I know, I'm out of here Thursday. Um, why would I go to Russia? I have no idea. You know, I had people say, Well, do you have, you have a passion for the Slavic people? Not really. Well, do you have, are you Slavic? Nope. Um, Scottish, actually, uh, with the side order Blackfoot Indian, and I don't even know how all that all works. Um, so, I mean, people ask me what I am. I'm Redneck, all the way. If you've ever heard of the Hatfields and the McCoys, Uh, I'm a Hatfield. Uh, My grandma was Martha Hatfield. So, um, yes, I do. I'm very vengeful. So what? (laughs) But anyway, um, the the thing is, why? Well, the one thing that I can say that I... um, stay focused on is the scriptures who wants the scriptures i'm not going to chase people i am not going to try to sway people i am not here to manipulate people i ain't here to give you a liver quiver i'm not here to make you feel fuzzy i'm going to tell you what the bible says and that's all i'm going to do and right now we have run into a group of people in russia and that's all they want they don't want a system they don't want a methodology they don't want american style worship or any of this other stuff they want the book and then they will apply it to their kids and to their musics and choirs and all the rest of it. I'm into that. Uh, we have a couple of more doors open um, up in India. Uh, we have a possibility. In Burma, uh, we have a possibility. Um, so, but my whole, key, no, I don't have any Burmese in me. And I don't have any, and I don't have, I have a longing to get the word to as many people who want the word. I am not here to persuade people. You know, I've had people say, well, can you come and get our church to love the Word? No. No, I can't. Um, uh, If they don't have a love for the Word through the person of Jesus Christ, then there's nothing I can do to change that. Um, But when I hear this, when I think about this, the Word, I understand that God has a calling. You cannot reject the call. Okay, now you can stick from your neck, you can shake your fist at him, but I guarantee you he can outlast you. Guaranteed. Absolutely. Okay, and we have these excuses. We've seen Moses use these excuses. I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. I hear this. I met with some people this just, just this past week, and they said this person here is gonna come and share some stuff with it, and he's a rock star in this system. <sighs> Do we really need more rock stars? I, I don't I don't understand that. Well this person has to you know what? No. Hmm. You know, but you know, we wanna you need to hear this man. This man has a whatever. I, I, I get tired of that. Uh, I remember when the Chicago Bulls won their first NBA championship and Michael Jordan grabbed that big trophy and he said what is called the Lord's Prayer. By the way, that's not the Lord's Prayer. Okay? Uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He said that and everybody jumped up and down and said, Michael Jordan is is a Christian. Really? Just because he can recite that, that makes him a Christian? Okay, I'm thinking that his life says different. All right, and um, this is the kind of stuff we think that we have to have a star. We have to have a a, a somebody. You got to be somebody. Um, You know, we're in a political scheme. or I think a scheme is a true word. Scheme of the season. And now everybody and their brothers are Christian. And they're all quoting, and God bless us, and this, that, and the other. I just finished up a book that I recommend to everybody that's called, Can God Bless America? And maintain, in the little subtitle is, Maintain His Integrity. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. But we have it in it that we need. If You know, if we can get some of these people, I remember a number of years ago, uh, a number of years ago, gee, many crickets... 14 or 15 years ago, Dr. MacArthur came, probably one of the greatest expositors uh, ever, uh, came to Riverside Baptist Church, um, open to the to people uh, of Colorado and question and answers in the whole nine yards. And this guy knows, golly, the Bible. Um, I went up to see him, and um, I think there was about 70 people to come and hear this guy Preach the word of God, and I was in amazed. And then uh, the week later, um, I don't want to date myself here. Ebb came of Green Acres. I don't know if you know who Ebb is of Green Acres. If you don't, then it's probably in rerun somewhere. Um, and they had four buildings of overflow to have this comedian share with what Jesus is doing. And I sat there and thought, you here, here you have a man called of God to do this, and but we want the stars. We want, I don't know, I guess if we get, what's her name, Britney Spears saved, we could probably get everybody saved, huh? Um, the next thing that we will struggle with is that I'm not a theologian. You know, I don't, I don't, who do I say sent me? God, Yahweh, tell Him that the I Am sent me. When you think that you're a nobody, understand who's with you. Okay, God says, you know what? You're right. You are a nobody, but don't worry about it. I'm a somebody. We have to understand that. The second thing we think is that that I'm not a theologian. What what am I going to share? Okay, share what you know. I will give you the words to say. The next thing that we was, I'm not convincing. I'm not convincing. Well, you know what? It isn't your responsibility to sway the people. You share what God gives you. But I'm not a preacher. That's the fourth thing. I'm not a preacher. I'm not supposed to do that. Well, I thought we were all supposed to make disciples as we are going to make disciples. And at some point, I'm going to have to share what I know. And then the fifth thing that I think, and this is the one that you see God's anger came against Moses, is I'm not really interested. Don't you understand? I I have a lot going on. In my life, I have a lot of people, a lot of demands on my life. Okay, and uh, we looked at this last week and said, you know, none of this works. Now, in verse five, chapter five, verse one, afterward, Moses has returned now to Egypt. He's found his brother Aaron, and they came and they said to Pharaoh, "Thus says Yahweh." The God of Israel. And then here comes the phrase that Pharaoh is just going to get really sick and tired of hearing. Let my people go. Okay? It's just, that one there is going to grate on Pharaoh's nerves. Okay? However you cut that thing. Uh, He's going to get tired of hearing this. Let my people go that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. All right? That seems reasonable enough for a religious holiday. Go ahead. I mean, you're going to go where? The wilderness. Where is that? That's like the desert. And you're going to do what? Have a party? Okay. All right. But Pharaoh said, who is Yahweh? Now listen, Pharaoh knows who Yahweh is. Don't kid yourself. But this is the arrogance and the insolence that comes out of humanity when he thinks he's got it all figured out and look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. Brothers and sisters, this is so alive and well and thriving in the church today that it just is enough to just give you a whole new meaning to heartburn. Look at what I've done. We don't even need God's help. Look at what we're doing. We can do anything. Why? How many people today base the church, success in the church, on numbers? Do you understand how silly that is? Tomorrow will any church have the number that Mile High Stadium's got? So, which is more successful? Well, they got beer and hot dogs, and and bathrooms, lots of bathrooms, and also fanatics. See the difference? That's the model that we're trying to say that is successful in the body of Christ. This is success. What? A football game? And I see people who have a church service and it's basically a pep rally. A pep rally for Jesus or something. I mean, rah, rah. And I don't think he means that. And he says, Who is Yahweh that I should obey him? That's the same that you see today. Why should I obey him? Why should I walk in holiness? What do you mean, pray? Please don't preach too long. Why? I'm busy. I have a lot to do. Let my people go. He knew who he was, but his arrogance is right there. Then verses three through five we see a response to this rejection and Moses makes it and rephrases it because you need to understand what I'm trying to tell you, Pharaoh. He says there at the end of verse 2, I will not let Israel go. And then he says, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Okay, now, he's, let me try to get you, let me try to be specific about this, Pharaoh. I don't think you understand Please let us go three days journey into the wilderness. All right. You see what he's trying to do here? Sneak the people out of Dodge. Listen, this has already been explained to him. We looked at this last week. God said, this is how it's going to work. They're going to pay you to leave. And he says, well, let's just sneak out. Okay. You give us a three days head start. We can outrun you. Look at what he says. God of Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. Otherwise, he will fall upon us with pestilence and or with the sword. Listen, if we don't go do this, God's going to come down in divine judgment. Okay? You know what Pharaoh thinks? We're trying to unionize. They just want an easier work week. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? Get back to your labors. You're you're just wanting some time off. Just wanting some time off. And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now many and you would have them cease from their labors? Listen, there's so many of them out there right now. You see how God had... Grown the people and, and, and multiply the people. Bless the people. All right? And there's so many of them out there, they, they're going to have to work twice as hard because there's just so many. We have to keep up. We have to keep up. Verses 6 through 9, Pharaoh decides he'll show his authority. So, the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters, okay, over the people. Now, in these 69, you're also going to see through 10, uh, the level of authority, okay. The same day, <clears throat> Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters over the people and their foremen, okay, so you see two levels right there. And then the Egyptians, you see three levels, okay. You are no longer to give the people straw to make bricks. History has shown that this was common in Egypt. That straw helped the clay bond better. All right. No longer use straw to make bricks as previously. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. See, they used to bring it in, and now they have to go get it themselves. But the quota of bricks, which they are making previously, you shall impose on them. So you do not reduce it because they are lazy. They want to take a holiday, go out in the desert and do some spiritual thing. Therefore, they cry out, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let them, let the labor be heavier on the men, and let them <clears throat> work at it, and, pay, and may, that they may pay no attention to false words. Okay, false words. Okay, basically what he's saying is, Your God didn't say this. Okay, um, That is what they call a negative evaluation of God's words. Okay, let me tell you something. That they're going to get you in trouble. That will get you in trouble. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Egyptian. I don't care if you're Israelite. I don't care if you're a Gentile. I don't care if you're a saint. I don't care if you're an ain't. When you come around and say God's words aren't real... That there, uh, as my grandpa would tell me, is flirting with disaster. And we see that coming. Verse 10 says, So the taskmasters of the people and their foremen went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I am not going to give you any straw. You go and get straw for yourselves wherever you can find it, but none of your labor will be reduced. Okay, so I've just added to your workload. I've just added to your workload. Okay, you see the command structure of the Egyptians. The Egyptians, then you see these taskmasters, then you see these foremans. And what you're basically looking at is that there were Jews who were over, like foremans, over the Jewish laborers who were taking orders from the Egyptians. All right? Verses 15 and through... Alright, most of the foremen of the sons of Israel, see what they see how that works, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over, were beaten and were asked, Why have you completed your, your required amount? You know, you can't do it. You what basically what you're gonna to have to do instead of having the straw delivered to mix the bricks, okay, you've got to go get your own straw. Okay, so you're taking some of your labor force out. All right. Verses fifteen, um, through 19 is the complaint when the foreman of the sons of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh saying, why do you deal this way with your servants? There's no straw given to your servants yet they keep saying to us, make bricks and behold, your servants are being beaten, but it is the fault of your own people. I mean, you're telling us to do twice as much and you're telling us that we, our production rate must maintain but he says, you're lazy. Very lazy. Therefore say, let's go and sacrifice to Yahweh. I mean, you're so lazy, you want to take some time off and go, do what? Where is Yahweh? Is he hanging around? I mean, is, can you go see him? Where is he at? If he's so great, then you should be able to do this. You should be able to produce the foremans of the sons of Israel saw that they were in trouble because they were told, you must not reduce your daily amount of bricks. When they left Pharaoh's presence, they met Moses and Aaron and they were waiting for them. All right, so you see what just happened? God had a plan. They concluded that the Israelites were lazy. All started because Moses said, let my people go. All right. Verses 20, um, 22 and 23 is, is key. All right, look what he says. Well, look at what happens. The Jews who were in the foreman oversight position who went back to Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh, man, you, you can't get us. We can't do this. We're servants, but we can't accomplish this. And Pharaoh says, no, you don't understand. You guys hadn't been belly aching. If you hadn't been lazy and had this wanted to go worship thing going down, I wouldn't have brought this on. So it's not really my fault. It's Moses who said, I want three days off. Can we have a three-day holiday? All right, and I wouldn't have to do this. I, I never heard. You guys are just getting lazy. That's all it is. Moses came back and he he's just made you guys not understand how important it is. Verse 21 says, and said to them, May Yahweh look upon you and judge you, for you have made us odious. Odious. neat word in Pharaoh's sight and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hands to kill us. See what you did, Moses? This, I mean, don't get me wrong, this brick thing is not really that much fun, but hey, look at what they've done just because you opened your mouth. You have made us offensive to Pharaoh. That's what he says. Moses returned to Yahweh. (laughs) That's a good idea. He turns to Yahweh. Why? Yahweh... You told me to go do this. It ain't working out. You said, be obedient to the Bush deal. I did. Look what it's got me. I mean, they're calling now for you to judge me, Moses. And I was just doing what you're saying. But see, here's the key. He wasn't. He wasn't doing exactly as God said. He said, go and confront Moses. And Moses says, I'll confront you, but won't you just give us a three day head start? Okay, Pharaoh ain't stupid. Pharaoh ain't stupid. He's already told Moses listen, they're going to give you everything they've got to get you out of their lives. I did what you said, sort of. And all that happened was it just got worse. So when it gets worse, what happens? we return to Yahweh. Isn't it true? When it's going good in your life, how much time do you spend with Yahweh? And then you start making deals, don't you? Well, it ain't quite going the way I planned it, so Yahweh, God, what would you have me do? He lays out a plan for you, and what's our response? Well, I'll take nine out of ten of the plan. That'll work. You have that calling, and then you start using excuses, don't you? Here he says, this is what I want you to do. Do these things. Okay. Well, I mean, you didn't make it complicated. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. It's pretty straightforward. All right, I'll get after that. Who's your neighbor? That's our first question. Because I'm loving God. Okay, then you're praying without ceasing, right? And the word of the Lord is as a deer pants at the brook's edge, right? He just, I just got the word. Well, you know, but I'm really busy. You know, I got the kids and the job and the 8 to 5 Monday to Friday. And I've got to do my vacation thing and all the rest of it. We do the same thing. We do the same thing. And you know what? When it really boils down to it, a lot of times we're just really not interested. It's just so time-consuming, God. Don't you understand you know, I've got homework. I've, I've, I've got this. I've got travel time. You know, I just heard a survey that says that we, we lose a week, a year sitting in traffic just to get to work. See there? I mean, God, how do you expect us to get around? How do you expect us to do this? Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, why have you brought harm to this people? See what he just said? It's Just like us today. It ain't my fault. I did what you told me to do, God. And look, you brought harm to this people. I I mean, I remember on 9-11. Why did God allow this to happen? I was there at Columbine. Why did you allow this to happen? How's that? We get a blessed nation and we take all the credit for it. Something bad happens and it's God's fault. Why did this person get cancer? Why did this person die suddenly? Why did this... Because you know why? You weren't paying attention. I told you what was going to happen. I told you how it was going to happen. And you ignored me. So when it happened, all of a sudden you come running back to me. Just what he says here. Why did you ever send me? See what he just said? Why did you call me to this? I was having so much fun tending the sheep out in the middle of nowhere with the Midianites. I didn't have no problem. Nobody was bugging me. Here's all right. And then you put that stupid burning bush thing in my life. Chapter six. Yahweh says to Moses. Oh, yeah, says Yahweh. Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. Got that? Now you'll see what I'm gonna do. For under compulsion, he shall let them go. <laughs> That's a strange phrasing, but you know what it means? Pharaoh's gonna be jumping up and down to get your butts out of town. It's going to be exciting for Pharaoh. Pharaoh's going to want you gone. Pharaoh is gonna start giving you the golden riches of Egypt to get you out of his life. It doesn't seem to be working that way. I mean, but see, he's already told Pharaoh this. All right. Under compulsion, he shall let them go. Under compulsion, he shall drive them out of his land. But that ain't exactly how it's working. Um, Yahweh, uh, didn't you see what's happening? He's mad. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am Yahweh. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But my name, Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. Remember, one of the things that you'll see throughout the 66 books of the Bible is God revealing himself. I mean, then you have that 66th book when there's no doubt in anybody's mind at his revealing. That would be the book of revealing It really, the word that you see revelations, apocalypso, okay, there's parousia and apocalypso. What are you talking about? Parousia is an expecting revelation. I'm expecting to see God move. Okay, apocalypso is, uh oh, I wasn't expecting it, and surprise, there he is. Bummer. We just sang it we bow our knees, right? Philippians says every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. They will. They're not going to be real happy about it, but they're going to. It's guaranteed. So when you see the word revelation, the conclusion of the Bible, what does it say? It's apocalyptic. What does that mean? They weren't expecting it. That's why I don't believe the church goes through it. Why? The church is expecting it. It's parousia. I'm expecting to see Him. The book of Revelation says they weren't expecting it. Interesting concept, don't you think? But he says this. He spoke further, I am the Lord. They didn't know who I was. Okay, verse 4, chapter 6. I also established what? What does it say? Whose covenant? my covenant is that important yeah you have a book that makes that 66 separate entities but it's divided into two right what are they called testament you have an old testament you have a new testament you know what another word is for that testament covenant the old covenant which was his and the new covenant which was his All right, do you see how this is working? He said, I don't think you understand. It ain't about you. It's about me. And you know what? I have established my covenant. You know what that means, right? It can't change. It does. It's not dependent on you. I like that. You know what that means? I can't screw it up. I like that. I mean, I... There's been periods in my life where it seemed like that's what I was trying to do. I bet I can mess this up. The God says, "No, you can't mess this up." Why? It is my covenant. I have established it. Okay, to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they sojourned. All right, I am going to give them that land. It's it's what you see in Israel right now. I, I get so it's so hilarious to listen to what's his name, um, uh, a I'm on a jihad or whatever his name, a dinner, dinner or something. I don't know what his name is. is it's the Iranian dude. He says, I'm going to run Israel off. Yeah, Go ahead. Knock yourself out, dude. All right. I think it'd be hilarious. Try. Well, I'm going to get a nuclear weapon. Great. I, I don't understand that. And everybody says, well, you do you hear that guy? He's the, He's not the first one to say that. There's been a whole bunch of people who said, you know what? You can't have that land. Go ahead. Syria has tried it how many times? The Egyptians have tried it how many times? Uh, the, the Muslims have tried it how many times? You know what? Woohoo! I, it's, it's comical. Why? God says it is my covenant. God says I have established it. God says. I don't care who you are. All right? I really wish we would grab a hold of that. He says, I will build my church and the abode of the dead, the gates of hell, the abode of the dead. You can't stop. You can't kill them fast enough is basically what he says. So why would I get out and get into the church building business? I am Yahweh. I have made a covenant. I have established it. Why do we miss that? I mean, Moses returns to Yahweh and says, you know what? I did what you said I was supposed to do, sort of. Okay? And all it did is it just got worse. And now they want you to judge me. I'd rather you didn't do that. Okay? Verses 6 through 8. I am the Lord. I will bring you out. Okay. Verse 5 says, I have heard the groanings of. I have remembered my covenant. Do you see what he's sort of getting at here? I will. I will. I will. Seven times. He says, I'll do this. You know what seven is, right? That's the complete number. I will do this. You know what that means, right? I'm really not expecting you to do it. I will accomplish this. Verse 7, I will take you for my people. I will be your God. You shall know that I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of... See, what he's basically doing is saying, you know what, the little sneaky trick of God may judge us if we don't get these three days holiday thing, who's going to get credit for that? Moses. Moses is going to take credit. All right. God said, no, I'm going to make it so when you get out of Egypt, who's going to get credit for it? Me. He doesn't share his glory, people. He never has. He never will. Please understand that. You know, when I think about this little bitty church and what we're doing in the land of Russia, we we took a place the size of the Carolinas and Virginia. And when we moved in there four years ago, just barely four years ago, there were two churches. Okay, now there are 17 churches. And all 17 have an expository preacher in their pulpits. What plan did we use? God's plan. Why? Because this is the largest nation in the world. It has 11 time zones. Did you know that the eastern border of Russia is closer to Denver, Colorado than it is Moscow, Russia? That is a big country. We're talking lots of real estate. When we took over, we had two locations that would work. Now we have 20 and they're all together. Why? Who gets credit for it? Yahweh does. If you talk to all the people who are involved in it, Yahweh gets credit. Why? Because we couldn't even have thought this up. (laughs) All right? This is why. I want you to understand in verses 6 through 8, this is the most important part of Exodus. Oh, well, what about the lamb's blood over the, and the angel of death, and, and the, and the, and the plagues? And you know what? No. He tells Moses, it's getting bad. It's getting worse. I can't believe it. But he says, I am Yahweh. I will do this. And then you see in verse nine there. So Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel. He says, you know what? I went back and I talked to Yahweh about this thing. And he says, don't worry. I will take care of it. All right. But look what happens. They will not listen on account of their and the new American standard calls it their despondency. It literally in the Hebrew means anguish of spirit. It is so bad that I can't even hear what God's saying. Okay. It's hard to hear. Have you ever been in that place? I hurt so bad. It is so screwed up. It is such a mess right now. It is going so wrong that I can't even hear what God is saying on account of their cruel bondage, on account of this anguish. All right, now look what happens. Verse 10. And Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the sons of Israel go out of the land. Okay, they don't need a three-day holiday. Just let them go. Moses spoke before Yahweh saying, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. Now then will Pharaoh listen to me? I mean, your people aren't even listening to me. Why would the pagan listen to me? I am unskilled in speech. Ah, there it is again. I'm unskilled in speech. You know what that means, right? I can't do it. I'm not a preacher. I'm not convincing. I'm not, I can't get the Jews to listen to me. Why would the Egyptians listen to me? You ever had that? I can't get the church to listen to me. Why would I get lost people to listen to me? But you know what? 6 through 8. He says, I don't think you understand. I'm going to do this. I just want you... It's what I try to get people... People think that the pastor is this great red phone or got this... You know, the pastor... Call him because we want him to pray about this or or whatever. You know what the pastor is? He's the foghorn. That's it. He didn't do nothing. He gets up and he blares out this noise... That's it. That's it. Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let my sons go. But Moses spoke before the Lord saying, Listen, they're not listening to me. Verse 13 says, And Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Aaron and he gave them charge to the sons of Israel Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the sons out of the land of Egypt he says I don't think you understand what I'm saying I have called you I am with you this is going to happen verses 14 through 27 all of a sudden you get this genealogy thing it's almost like a reprieve and he says here the heads of their fathers of their households okay he's basically saying here's the genealogy why why do you have the genealogy? Because he brings out something there that we need to pay attention to. I'm not going to go through the genealogy again, but he gives an identity to Moses and Aaron because he says, I told you, you are going to go do this. He says, I want you to understand you are the third child of Jacob and Leah. That is your descendancy. The third child of Jacob and Leah. Who was that? The guy who makes genes. Levi, do you understand who that group is? That is the people who take the people, the commoners, and they take them to God. That is what is called the line of the priests, the tribe of Levi. They don't get any land in, did you know that? They don't get any land in Canaan. They get whatever the people give them, and they get in different places. Why? Because it is their responsibility to do what? Take the people to God. Right? So he brings that about. And then in verses 28 through 7-5, we'll stop right there, 28 through 7-5, we get back to the story, the narrative that is going on. It was the same Aaron and Moses to whom Yahweh said, Bring out the sons of Israel to the land of Egypt according to the host." He gets back to it. Why? You have a responsibility. You are to take the people to God. They are the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing in the sons of Israel. We get back. We're summarizing. Here it is. This is what's going on. I'm going to tell you what's... This is the plan. This is your responsibility. Verse 28 says, It came about on that day when Yahweh spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, and Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, I am Yahweh. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. I will give you the words. Go and repeat what I said, i.e. the foghorn. Here's the noise I want you to make. Go make that noise. Okay? Why? I'm a nobody. You don't understand. No, you are a nobody. I got it. All right. No problem. I knit you in your mother's room. I know you're a nobody, but I am a somebody. I would be the one who spoke existence in. All I need you to do is repeat after me. It's not complicated, people. God says, you know what? You can't do this. I told you you couldn't do this. All right. Now that we all have that cleared up, Go. And as you are going, I will give you what is necessary to be said. That's why I go where people want what? The Word of God. I don't need to hear the words of men. Why? The words of men are like uh, the Charlie Brown cartoon. Have you ever heard his teacher uh, you guys who are in school, how many times do you listen to the teacher and it goes... And then you come home and go, what would you learn in school today? Uh, I oh don't know, I got homework. <laughs> right? That's the words of men. But there are people out there who are tuned to hear the words of God because the Spirit of God indwells those people. This is not a new phenomenon. I wish we, you know, it isn't like, oh, now we've got the church. No, you've got a whole bunch of guys like Moses running around saying, Thus saith the Lord. It hasn't changed. That Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, I am Yahweh, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak it. But Moses said, before Yahweh, behold. There's that excuse again. I ain't a preacher. I am unskilled. I am not an articulate. I am not a charismatic, an ability to sway and move people. Listen, what are we trying to do? Are you saying we need good speechwriters? No. No. Then Yahweh said to Moses, See, I make you as God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be a prophet. Who's going to do it? What was that six through eight, seven times in there? I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Do you understand that? You won't, you can't, And he never said you could. But he says, I will. I will. I will. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh, and they shall be the sons of Israel. Go go out of the land. They're going to let him go. But you're going to do it the way I said to do it. Then look at the key phrase here. You've got to see this again. I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh will not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my host, my people, the sons of Israel from the lands of Egypt by great judgment. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring... Who's bringing them out? God is. Bring the sons of Israel from their midst. Okay, how's it going to be done? I will give you the words and you will say them. When you Do you think, do you think about this today? Do you know lost people that you're trying to just grab them by the ears and, I don't think you get what I'm saying. And you know what? They don't. They don't. Why? Do you really believe it's your responsibility to get people into the pearly gates? There are people who think that's it. But if you say these the four Roman or whatever the Romans road to salvation, or the four spiritual laws, or if you do this or you do that. Do you understand how silly that is? It's why I I struggle in the church today because you know, I, I get people, well, don't you get discouraged. You know, you, you've been doing this for years and years and years, and, and and what's happening? Lives are changed. Some people are being condemned, some people are being made, made holy. It's not my responsibility, people. What is my responsibility? Do you really understand what the pastor's responsibility in the church is? It's not really complicated. That's why he chose me, because he said, Terry can't handle complicated. I'll make it simple. What? Be in the book, be on your knees. When you're not on your knees, be in the book. When you're not in the book, be on your knees. Pray in the Word, or the Word in prayer, or pray in the Word. What I've learned is the Bible drives me to prayer. Prayer drives me to the Bible. Okay, and I have an option here. I can do it my way or I can run out, say something really cool and then realize that just made a mess of it and then I run back to Yahweh. Oh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? And I guarantee you, all of you in this room have done the same struggle, haven't you? If I say this, if I phrase it this way, then this will be the response. Really? 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 What's the difference between you and Moses? Zero, zip, nada. You have five excuses. I'm a nobody. God says, you're right. But I am a somebody. I am God. I am Yahweh. But I'm not a theologian. And God says, you're right. But I'll give you what you need. Why? I will go. But I'm not convincing. That's all right. You don't have to worry about it. Because you know what? I know you're not convincing, but you know what? When I move, it's very convincing. Well, but I'm not a preacher. That's right. You're not eloquent in your speech. How many times do you see Moses use that? But they don't, I'm not skilled. I'm not articulate. I am not perfect. But don't let his anger come against you, because his anger comes against you when you say, you know what? I'm not really interested. I'm kind of busy. All right? Key to understanding Exodus 6 through 8. Verses 6 through 8. I will, I will, I will, seven times. You know what that means? Moses, I'm talking to you. People, I'm talking to you. It ain't you. I will. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that even now you go before us uh, in the workplaces, Father, among our loved ones, our family members, Father, uh, among friends, uh, Father, against uh, you you go even as I prepare to leave this country. You are preparing ears and hearts to hear what I will be given to say uh, from you. Father, I praise you for that. I am overwhelmed at that. Uh, father you are even now preparing Uh, I I received that letter that said this is my itinerary and these are the things that you are having me do father I praise you I am I don't understand it I don't understand it and yet father I think about these people who are gathered here tonight who are called by your name and father you have people circumstances and situations situations that you've already prepared them. father They will walk in them. How awesome is that? Father, let us understand that it is your covenant you established, the new and the old, and as your faithfulness with Moses and the Israelites is seen, Father, your faithfulness with your church is seen. Father, good works that you preordained, that we would walk in.